0: This podcast is titled, Winston Churchill, During the Great War, written and narrated by Brett Guest in Grand Rapids, Michigan, March 22, 2016. Winston Churchill secured his spot in history for his leadership leading up to and during the Second World War. His journey, however, began and almost ended during the First World War. Winston Churchill rose in the British political scene rather quickly before the Great War. He started in the House of Commons in 1900 and was quickly promoted to Home Secretary by Prime Minister H. H. Asquith. He later became First Lord of the Admiralty and held this position leading into the Great War. As the First Lord, Churchill was effectively the civilian political head of the Royal Navy. This position put Churchill at the forefront of all political decision-making during the July Crisis and leading up to the Great War. According to Professor Andrew Lambert of King's College in London, Churchill controlled Britain's only first-class strategic instrument, the Royal Navy, and was positioned as the direct rival to the growing German Empire. The position fit Churchill well since he was an imperialist with an unquestioning belief in the empire as well as his extremely modern militaristic mind. He understood the importance of exploring, of exploiting, science and technology. According to Professor David Caesarini of the University of London. At the turn of the century, the Royal Navy was the most technologically advanced fighting force in the region, and it was continually increasing its technological advancement until the beginning of the Great War. Churchill came from a proud military tradition, beginning with his ancestor, the Duke of Marlborough. He believed he had to continue that tradition, and so he fought nobly and was even captured in the Boer War. He continued to plan and prepare em- emphatically for the Great War, and believed his destiny was to fight in it. He sought valor through fighting, and so when the Royal Navy embarked on blockading Germany, he wanted. He got quickly tired of the style and wanted to bring the Navy more directly to bear on, the- bear on them. Churchill got his chance when the British Army sought to unite the Russians to help push the Germans in on the Eastern Front. To unite with the Russians, the British needed to knock out the Ottoman Turks and open up the Black Sea. To do this, the Royal Navy would have to storm up the Dardanelles while the army simultaneously invaded the Gallipoli Peninsula. The gauntlet would be extremely hard, involving steaming up a very narrow passage under direct gunfire from heavy and medium caliber guns and through minefields. The failure of the attack and subsequent pulling out of the army from the peninsula a year later was completely blamed on Churchill. The failure ruined his political career and military career, fulfilling another unfortunate family legacy, that of his father, and completely, completely stunting his upward progress. The reinstating of John Fisher as the first sea lord, the military head of the navy, caused major issues for Churchill, who was subsequently removed from his position due to the failure of the Dardanelles. For years, the failure would taunt Churchill. It was not until an inquiry by David Lloyd George showed that the attack was A, not a complete failure, and B, the fault shouldn't completely fall on Churchill, that Churchill's political campaign. Political career would slowly redevelop. Lloyd George not only saved Churchill's reputation from tarnish, but he also gave him his first bureaucratic position back in government. Lloyd George tasked Churchill with finding a mechanical way to win the war. From the beginning, Churchill sat at the forefront of military technology as the head of the Royal Navy and pushed for the development of land ships, we now know them as tanks. However, he spoke that the innovations should not be used until they could be used in full force. According to one experts, the generals were fighting a war of attrition by men. While Churchill saw this as futile, he believed in a war of attrition by metal and machines. In the spring of summer of 1918, the stalemate on the Western Front turned back into a war of movement. The war changed from one of waiting to one of action requiring logistics and mass planning, skills that Churchill had proven to have. The new technologies that Churchill had spoken for since the beginning and developed later on finally got put into action his way at the Battle of Amiens in August of 1918. The battle used coordinated tanks, airplanes, and artillery, in addition to infantry, to push back the Germans kicking off a 100-day mechanized victory roll leading to the German border. Thank you. Have a good day.